Would you believe it? There are four ways and only four ways in which we have contact with the world. We are evaluated and classified by these four contacts. What we do, how we look, what we say, and how we say it. This episode will deal with the last of these, how we say it. When I first started to teach public speaking classes, I spent a great deal of time on the use of vocal exercises to develop resonance, increase the range of voice, and enhance inflectional agility. It wasn't long, however, before I began to see the utter futility of teaching adults how to project their tones into the upper sinuses and how to form liquid vowels. This is all very fine for those who can devote three or four years to improving themselves in the art of vocal delivery. I realized that my students would have to settle for the vocal equipment they were born with. I found that if I expended the time and energy I formerly devoted to helping class members to breathe diaphragmatically and worked on the far more important objectives of freeing them from their inhibitions and generally reluctance to let themselves go, I would achieve quick and lasting results that were truly amazing. I thank God I had the sense to do this. First, crash through your shell of self-consciousness. In my course, there are several sessions that have as their purpose the freeing of tightly bound and tense adults. I got down on my knees, literally, to implore my class members to come out of their shells and find out for themselves that the world would treat them with cordiality and welcome when they would do so. It took some doing, I admit, but it was worth it. As Marshall Falk says of the art war, it is simple enough in its conception, but unfortunately complicated in its execution. The biggest stumbling block, of course, is stiffness, not only of the physical, but of the mental as well, kind of hardening of the categories that comes with growing up. It is not easy to be natural before an audience. Actors know that. When you were a child, say, four years old, you probably could have mounted a platform and talked naturally to an audience, but when you are 20 and 4 or 40 and 4, what happens when you mount a platform and start to speak? Do you maintain that unconscious naturalness that you possess at 4? You may, but it is dollars to donuts that you will become stiff and stilted and mechanical and drop back into your shell like a snapping turtle. The problem of teaching or of training adults in delivery is not one of superimposing additional characteristics. It is largely one of removing impediments, of getting them to speak with the same naturalness that they would display if someone were to knock them down. Hundreds of times I have stopped speakers in the midst of their talks and implored them to talk like a human being. Hundreds of nights. I have come home mentally fatigued and nervously exhausted from trying to drill members of my classes to talk naturally. No, believe me, it is not so easy as it sounds. In one of the sessions of my course, I asked the class to act out portions of dialogue, some of which is in dialect. I asked them to throw themselves into these dramatic episodes with abandon. When they do, they discover to their amazement that, though they may have acted like a fool, they didn't feel badly when they were doing it. The class too is amazed at the dramatic ability of the some of the class members display. My point is that once you let your hair down before a group, you are not likely to hold yourself back when it comes to the normal, 
everyday expression of your opinions, whether to individuals or before groups. The sudden freedom you feel is like a bird taking wing after being imprisoned in a cage. You see why it is that people flock to the theater and the movies? Because there they see their fellow human beings act with little or no inhibition. There they see people wearing their emotions prominently displayed on their sleeves. 